On this episode of Cult Cinema Cavalcade, we'll be discussing American Ninja 3, Blood Hunt, from 1989. Welcome to Cult Cinema Cavalcade, a movie podcast that features hosts Brandon and Cullen discussing a film considered but not limited to being a cult classic. The episode you are listening to will include plot spoilers and may contain harsh language. Follow CC Cavalcade on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Listen to the show on cultcinemacavalcade.com, iTunes, and anywhere podcasts are found. You a ninja? Yes. So that explains a few things. Personal, my dear boy, nothing personal. Just a victim for this experiment. Get some money, okay? Now go see a movie. Cheer up! This is Cult Cinema Cavalcade. This is episode 81. This is Brandon, and as always with me is your co-hoster who Cobra strikes, Cullen. I'm sorry to say that this version of Cobra is not the badass one from the 80s. It's the one from American Ninja 3. Today we are here to discuss American Ninja 3, Blood Hunt from 1989. Cullen, is the American Ninja doing blood drives in this one, or like, what's the hunt about? Jackson is back, and now he has a new partner, karate champion Sean Cunningham Davidson, as they must face deadly terrorists known as the Cobra, who has infected Sean with a virus. Sean and Jackson have no choice but to fight the Cobra and his bands of ninjas. American Ninja 3 Blood Hunt is directed by Cedric Sundstrom and stars Steve James, Marjo Gortner, Michelle B. Chan, Yehuda Afani, and introducing David Bradley as the American Ninja. Welcome back to Cult Cinema Cavalcade. It's July 4th week, and of course, as always, it's American Ninja time here at the Cavalcade, right, Cullen? It always is. To varying degrees of success. <laughs> It's like that canon film group. Which they were taking it when this movie was being made. This is the the end of the canon era was falling apart at the time. Globus or Galan, one of them had left already. Their movies were not making money. They weren't having money to make the movies. They had trouble getting stuff in theaters at the time. They had a a small hit and breakout star with the movie Cyborg at the time with Van Damme. But Van Damme, yeah, he left them right away. He didn't. (laughs) He could see that this ship was sinking quickly. American Ninja 3 didn't even make a million dollars at the box office. No, they decided to go back to like a well. They had a hit in American Ninja 1 and 2, but they weren't big hits, but they're like, well, this is something with a name, and they were wanting something to play in theaters. They were struggling to get stuff in theaters. Had to have Bronson's name on it or Norris, and even those guys weren't selling too well. This is the end. Masters of the Universe pretty much sunk them. That and uh, you know a couple other movies that they put a lot of money into that just weren't working out. This was a movie that the American Ninja himself, Michael Dudikoff, wanted nothing to do with. Not only because he didn't like the movie, but also because it was filmed in South Africa. And because, you know, he's a person with morals, he didn't care for apartheid. And he didn't want to be in South Africa at all. 
Yeah, there's a lot of people, of course, against apartheid, but there's word that you know, Judikoff says apartheid, but he just kind of didn't want to do any more American Ninjas, and that was enough for them to stop asking. But I could say it's both. Right. Yeah, he didn't want to be typecast as a martial arts actor, but at the same time, I would say, like, it's a part. It, there's worse things than being known as, like, the martial arts guy. Shit. Chuck Norris made a career off that. Dudikoff's career through the 90s, he became straight-to-video action star. So, I mean, he didn't stop working with Cannon. He just didn't want to do this film. He had other movies. He did one with Steve James, Avenging Force. It was Steve James and uh, the director of the first two American Ninja ones. So they have that movie together. And that's a mean little movie, Avenging Force. Maybe we'll revisit Dudikoff someday with that. But, yeah, they went for American Ninja 3. They got Steve James back. So he's the American Ninja, right? That's who he is now? No, we can't bump him to... A-lister status, the top guy. We're going to bring in someone new. So they didn't get their first choice. They got the guy from No Retreat, No Surrender. They wanted uh, the star of that movie, Kurt McKinney, but he was worried about being typecast as a martial arts guy. So they brought in David Bradley, who I know from American Ninja 3 and American Ninja 4. (laughs) There's no danger of David Bradley being associated with uh, martial arts because I'm not sure he knows how to do any martial arts at all. (laughs) I guess they were like, you know what? We could just make a star here. (laughs) If we get a guy that's non-threateningly handsome and he waves his arms and legs around enough, we can say that he's a master ninja. Not that Dudikoff is some like iconic screen presence, but I guess so. (laughs) Uh, Yes. Because uh, the star of this movie is about as charismatic as a yawn. And this movie is trying to sell him, like, I feel like they're trying to sell him as, like, he's in his 20s, but he was 35 when he made this. Oh. And I feel like they're trying to sell him as, like, a fresh 20-year-old or something, Uh, making it even more awkward. (laughs) He certainly does look tired the entire movie. David Bradley. Um, Any fans? David the answer is no, Brandon. Brand- no okay. one is a fan uh, of David Bradley. I, he's the choice to take the reins of the American Ninja series, and that'll tell you where Canon Films was at the time. I would have made Steve James the American Ninja. He's coming back. Why not? No, th- th- they were. Why not give us a Curtis Jackson story? There were so many points in this movie where I thought, like, I want to. When he's doing action, when he's fighting. He looks like he's better at martial arts than the guy that's supposed to be the American Ninja, the main fucking character of our movie. Who they constantly tell us is good at martial arts. Right. Instead of showing Every scene that Curtis Jackson is in, this character, uh, he takes down more guys than the American Ninja, and it's more interesting when he does it. (laughs) Awful. Well, you know, Cullen, you know who does have charisma and is good at what he does? And is never going to be replaced. That water bed slinging son of a bitch, Tom Labrie. Hey, there's nothing wrong with your set. These are called color bars. I want to explain what they are in a few seconds. Hi, Tom Labrie on Night Comfort. Brought to you by Labrie's Waterbed Warehouse. You know, we're one of the few all-night movie shows in the country. If you dial around nine times out of ten, you'll see this. Or you'll see this. But you'll find our all-night movies here six mornings a week. Okay, let's show you what those bars are for. This is how the engineers adjust the color for Channel 40. Of course, their equipment is a little more complicated than what your set has. 
but we'll give you a few seconds to adjust your color. Just adjust the colors until red looks like red, blue looks like blue, and so forth. You see, we take care of you here every night. It's brought to you by LaBreeze Waterbed Warehouse. And now, let's get back to the movie. American Ninja 3, Blood Hunt. Which, Cullen, remind me at the end, we'll, we'll try to figure out what the blood hunt was. <laughs> Can't wait. Last time we, we, last time we cracked the mystery of the confrontation, <laughs> this time we're in it for the hunt of blood. We start in Los Angeles, 1979, at a kickboxing match where two kids cheer on a fight as some rather normal-looking, non-threatening mobsters approach in a car. This looks like Uncle Leo <laughs> is going yeah. is going to like cause some havoc. One tells the guy he's, he's we'll find out his name's the Cobra, the Cobra. First name the, last name Cobra. He tells him to do it easy, no blood. And this other guy named. Andreas is the Uncle Leo-looking guy. He looks at me and says, like a cobra? <laughs> and the guy says, not to blow it, and they have a future together, and they're going to leave America to build some plant. Okay. <laughs> um, That's the reaction to most everything in this movie. Okay, sure. Okay. Why not? <laughs> the kids at the kickboxing mask ask one of them, his name's Sean, and asked where his dad is. And these kids' ADR voices are not even trying to hide that it's adults doing this. Yeah. Like, this is fucking insane. No, no, no. Hey, Sean, Sean, where are you going? Wait here, I'll be right back. Wait, wait, I'll come with you then. No, I'll be back before the next. We have movies where they, they talk like this. These are like, Hey, Billy, what's up, man? Where's your kid? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, the only, like that's... W- the only way the ADR could be worse is if the uh, the lip sync was off, which already kind of is, but if it was worse and if they s- talked like, uh, like, where's dad? I miss dad. This is a great <laughs> kickboxing tournament, isn't it, little brother? It's baffling. Like, was this put in just as, like, a temp track and it accidentally made it to the... What a choice. What a choice. Well, like you said, it's canon during the waning time, so there there was no going back to correct stuff. It's like, we got it in the can. Keep going. Put it out in a theater now. So his dad is the next fight, and he's getting massaged. Sean leaves to go in the back of the arena to the locker room and the the goons end up pulling up and Andreas goes with like a bag over his shoulder in with with a bunch of guys and they say let's use the crowd noise to cover our moves and the goons start stabbing the security they break into the money counting room with their machine guns and Sean walks upon it and is taken by Andreas but he bites him falls to the ground and his dad wants to stop this all and he gets gunned down by Andreas now Cullen you saw the kickboxing match, right? I saw the kickboxing match. I, I wrote down martial arts shit as in my it notes. Was pop, it was it was populated, right? Yes. The, Not, but it was a smaller place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. So how much I mean, money how are much, they how much, stealing? How much? How much was a how much was a ticket to this? <laughs> this is gonna fund owning like an island and building a <laughs> scientific research facility, yeah. robbing the people checking tickets and counting the money at the almost high school like kickboxing match. If they were to rob a Rolling Stones concert at this time, it would not generate enough money to buy an island or buy off the officials. <laughs> 
a lab or whatever outrageous thing they had to do. Unless this was like the last thing they had to do. Like, all right, one more. We we're we're, we're ninety five dollars short. <laughs> like, like there couldn't even be like I question if there's even a thousand dollars. Yes, in that match. Because it's 1979 as well. we got to think about that too. <laughs> like, like, this is this is Rocky fighting people in the church basement level almost yeah. of... Yeah, people aren't going to pay $10 at this time to go to this thing. Like the, I mean, there's gambling going on, but how much are you putting on this amateur hour kickboxing match? <laughs> Not much. These are dollar bets, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, well, absolutely. Absolutely. And by and by the way, this whole opening scene, shitty Spider-Man, am I right? Yes. The, shitty Spider-Man, Daredevil's dead. Like, well, yeah, the, the bad guys rob the box office and the father figure right. dies while the kid's just there. It's shitty Spider-Man. Dude, you know what? Canon was developing a Spider-Man film with James Cameron. I wonder oh, no. if that influenced this at all. <laughs> so what you're saying, we could be living- I'm saying you might not be wrong. We might you be living in a world where they took part of the Spider-Man <laughs> script and said, fuck it, no, put it in American Ninja 3. Put- we need an origin for our hero. <laughs> God. Turns out- what no, we got? Don't. Spider-Man, Cyborg 2. Um, <laughs> give me the Spider-Man. We just bombed with Superman. We're not making that damn thing. American Ninja 3. That will give us the money to fund Spider-Man. That's their plan. <laughs> Assholes. I think I like the way history turned out. I'm just going to say. Yes. I'm glad Sean's <laughs> dad is dead. Yes. We, yeah, yeah. we had to wait it out. But I, I think it ended up the the way things have fallen. We didn't see the canon film Spider-Man. But that had a, a better lead to it than American Ninja. Why didn't they make Michael Bean the American Ninja if they had him on, on the hook for Spider-Man? Why didn't they? <laughs> you want to be the American Ninja instead, son? I'd watch that. That sounds better. Dudikoff's out. We need somebody. Gosh. So it, we then moved to 1980, and we see Sean is training with his dad's old trainer, whose name is Azumo, which I didn't catch his name till later in the film, but his right. name's Azumo. And we get a montage till we zoom to him being an adult, and we have some sort of ninja graduation ceremony where Sean is told that his ability shows a greater destiny awaits him, and he must seek it out alone. So congrats. You're a ninja. Gone. <laughs> out. Just take our word for it. He's a ninja. You're 18. Get out. So when we go to Port San Luca in Triana, present day, and Andreas now with no mustache, he's a general. He's a bullshit general, too. Like, I don't know he's the general the fuck of, but <laughs> apparently the Cobra said, you are, we can call you general now, okay? He's like, all right. He's generally cool. in charge of something. That's why he's called the general. Either that or he offers really low rates on insurance. Both. He arrives at this conference. The Cobra is showing off lots of chemistry stuff to terrorists, and Cobra says that he can strike within a month, if not sooner. And as the guys leave, there's a scientist guy. I never got his name. Uh, he's worried about Andreas, but Cobra assures him that they just need to feed his ego. And I'd also like to point out that when we say Cobra, it is it's um, Marjo Gortner, and you say, "Hey, that's a silly name." Well, he acted. Uh, under another silly character name, 
Acton from Star Crash. So yes, we have. I want you to, if you've seen Star Crash, think about Goofy. He he looks like shitty William Cat. And imagine him aged even more. Just one of the least intimidating bad guys in any movie. He looks like someone's uncle who's trying to be hip. He looks he looks like a guy who's going through a midlife crisis, and somehow he's a supervillain. Before acting, he was a failed evangelist. I believe it. I believe he failed at many things. What you? What have you been in? Uh might have heard of Star Crash and uh, American Ninja Three Blood Hunt. I I play Cobra. Oh, so were you like a Which, like a snake or something? Like you have like powers or something cool? Nope, I just walked around in like a white jacket. <laughs> I uh, told off guys. Uh, had science stuff. You know, I was a smart one. I was the boss. So you're like Doctor Cobra because you're a scientist? No, just just Cobra. That's it. I'd like to note that we've gone from bad guys in this one, from like American Ninja 2 was the lion. I know, yeah. And now we have the cobra. The whole time I watched this, I kept thinking of the second one. Like, wait, wasn't this the guy from the second one called Cobra? But no, it was it was, <laughs> it was something else that was stupid. It, it was just the lion. They should have had like this guy be the tiger and then American Ninja 4 be the bear. That would have been fucking great. By the way, Lion wrote the theme song for Transformers, the movie. And in this one, we've got Cobra, which, of course, is the terrorist organization determined to rule the world. In G.I. Joe, Mm -hmm. it's just a coincidence. I got nothing else other than that. I like it, though. I like it. It's entertaining me. But now back to American Ninja 3. (laughs) Enough Uh, with the entertainment. Back to American Ninja 3. So this next scene, I'm confused. Is this an airport? Is that where we're we're at? We we are kind of at an airport thing. It just it I didn't know. Every time I thought it was an airport, then I doubted myself that it was an airport, and then I thought again, and then there was like a PA announcement. I was like, okay, I guess it is an airport, but it just looks like waiting in line at like a tropical city's bank. Right. Um, They're all waiting in line to go on their vacation, because uh, I'm yes. convinced that this was just made so people could go on vacation in South Africa. I, yeah. We catch up with Curtis Jackson, always a bridesmaid in American Ninjas, never a bride. He recognizes Sean Davidson at the airport, and then I think this guy's, I thought he was a fan, but apparently he's another guy in this karate competition they're all headed off to, and he recognizes Sean. I'm good. Excuse me. Good luck. Sorry. You made the cover of Inside Karate this month. Yeah. Dex. Hi, Dex. Sean Davidson. Oh, good to meet you, man. It's a pleasure. Really is. <laughs> hey, this is Curtis Jackson. Yes. That's a Of course. The sword man. That's right. Boy. This guy that comes in, Dex, I think, his only purpose in this movie is to let us know that Sean is good at martial arts. That's it. Yeah. He just pops his head in, like you said, like, hey, you're on the cover of Kung Fu Quarterly, or whatever the fuck it's called. And that's the most important thing he adds to the whole movie. Which, by the way, he's through, He's in the entire movie. This is the only time where he does anything to advance the story. I don't like Dex. That's <laughs> my point. He's there for fight scenes to show that Sean is better than somebody. Yes. Yes, he is. <laughs> I mean, that's... So, yeah, I don't know what Sean... chance this guy had in the tournament. <laughs> yeah, that's... Was he get like was he does he clean the mats when they're done? Like is that what he was gonna do? If this were a Mortal Kombat tournament, Dex would be the guy that shows up with 
asthma and fibromyalgia. He does not belong there. <laughs> yes. No. So Sean recognizes some other karate guy there. This is, has nothing to do with anything. He must be like some real life karate guy <laughs> yeah. that they like cameoed in the movie. Yes. You know what's going to get people in the seats? Real life martial artists making cameos in your movie. This one's for the hardcores, right? This is American mm-hmm. Ninja 3. Yeah. Arriving on a tropical island, a woman checks Sean the fuck out. Like, she's like, ooh. And she reports to Cobra that they've all arrived. And we find out that this tournament is a sham looking for a superhuman. The woman, her name's Chan Lee, suggests Sean Davidson and hands him the magazine he's on. So we get to see the cover. So he's not, that Dexter was not bullshitting. Sean's really on the cover of Karate Magazine. It's like they're trying to convince the audience, like, see, see, he's really good at what he does. You said bullshit in the last scene, and we're showing you it right, shoving it in your face. A publisher somewhere said, yes, get me Sean Cunningham. Or whatever his name is. Davidson. Davidson. Which we got to mention, the trailer calls him Sean Cunningham, and his name's Sean Davidson. I don't even know where to begin to think where that fuck up started. The guy who cut the trailer, well, he just kind of didn't give a fuck because they they all felt like they were going to lose their jobs at any day. But his boss came in with the trailer American Ninja 3, and normally trailers are like, hey, hey, hurry up, hurry up, deadline. They said, take your time with this one. (laughs) <laughs> and, she's like, and it took him he edited, it took like three weeks and he said it was because if they didn't look like they were working they were probably going to get laid off and the only trailer they had was American Ninja 3 for like two months and he even went and had Marjorie Gortner re-ADR lines to make them sound more intense than they were in the actual movie wow. the mistake was there and he could have fixed it but he's like yeah fuck it <laughs> So he had extra time, and he just, (laughs) even still, he wouldn't change one fucking word. Wow. The Cobra tells Chan Lee to watch the tournament and let him know if Sean's the one. Chan is apparently also the MC of the tournament, and she opens up by honoring General Andreas. And the games begin, and there's some little bullshit thing, and then Sean's introduced. There's this guy's guy going, ha, 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 and they're like, and then they move on. Yeah. It's not important. It's not important at all. And when you said, we talk about General Andreas, like, what's he the general of? In this scene, he looks like he's general of the milkmen. It's just yeah. this head to toe white with these tassels on the side. Like, no, no one would respect you. You look like you should be handing out good humor bars. Fuck off. Right. Sean's introduced. And he's the American karate champion, and he fights the... European karate champion right away. Yes, and that European champion's name, that super British name, Joe Simpson. Oh, yes. Joe Simpson's more American than and Sean Davidson. Yeah. <laughs> like, Joe <laughs> they're like, Joe Simpson. I'm like, there's no British person named fucking Joe Simpson. <laughs> no, no, not at all. <laughs> like, they couldn't even, like, you can't even say Joe Simpson in British, right? You, you, you know, say, it's going to come out Joe Simpson. Yeah, even if you could have called him Joe Abernathy. Like, okay, I'll, I'll buy that. <laughs> Fine, whatever. Joe Joe Cunningham. Use that goddamn Cunningham. Yeah, Cunningham. We've been more convincing than Joe Simpson. Oh, my God. Hello, my name is Joe Simpson. <laughs> <laughs> Take off that bowler hat, Joe Simpson, and get in here Bullshit, and do some sir. martial arts. That's what you find, like, when you find, like, the, like hunt down and find out this internet troll's real identity is not, like, Dark Hammer 86. It's Joe, Joe Simpson. Simpson. 
they fight, they spar, and there's this announcer who's like unnecessarily calling out everything going on for stupid people who can't see what's in front of them. They're like, Sean Davidson appears to be taunting Joe Simpson by remaining still. Good tactical blocks and quick reactions from Davidson has averted any contact hits. Despite Davidson's enthusiasm and contact hit, it was a no point because Simpson was out of bounds. If this was televised, I could understand that, but I know it's not televised. There's no way this is on any TV anywhere. This fight comes down the wire, and Sean does this badass slow-mo kick, but then uh, the announcer tells us it didn't count because the guy went out of the circle. Sean just ends up, like, kicks him in the face, Yeah, and it's over. Like, yeah. that was it? Yeah. Wh- okay. Why did you do that extra thing just to end it 10 seconds later? Like, what? Well, how was that guy so good at defense and then, like, all of a sudden just takes a kick to the face to start the round? Yeah. I guess they do did things <laughs> differently in the United Kingdom. Chan and Andreas, they seem impressed with what they've seen from one match. <laughs> I don't- And we'll never see. That went down to the wire. He didn't, like, kick the guy's ass. Oh, yeah. No. It was, like, tied up. Yeah, th- yeah. This guy that's supposed to be good enough to make superhumans or whatever the hell the Cobra's plan is in this movie. The guy that just barely wins, that's our man. <laughs> He's the one. Uh, so Sean, Jackson, and Dexter go out, and Dexter introduces them to some girls. My buddy Sean. Hi. Hi. Karate champion. <laughs> Hi, I'm Susanna. And this is Powerhouse Jackson. Oh, Powerhouse. Hi. I'm Dex. Hi, Dex. Kind of the heartthrob of the group. Oh, no. <laughs> your best yeah. one yet. Can we have three beers over here, please? No. Make mine a Coke, if you will. Make that two. Are you guys with the tournament? Yes, darling. We represent the United States. This is just awkward. Like, he just sits down and starts pet. I don't, I don't feel like humans wrote the dialogue well <laughs> enough to make this fucking scene work no it could be said for most of the movie but especially this scene it's heavy on exposition and no human interaction and jackson's like petting one of the women immediately and they're like oh yeah the way he acts is gross and they are really just puking out information and that's the that's the only way i can describe it not even saying it just it's just for a scene of like hey we're out getting a drink that's all it is, yeah. and it doesn't even go comfortably. By the way, this is in South Africa, right? Sh- right. Sean, all denim. <laughs> oh, no, no, he's taking the uh, Dudikoff wardrobe there. <laughs> Dudikoff had one of the best Canadian tuxedos of all time, and Sean Cunningham tries. Uh, that's what they're trying to like, do. What? <laughs> yeah, this could have been Michael Dudikoff the whole time it could have just been him other than like the crap at the beginning of the movie if you would have just lopped that off it could have been him yeah yeah it could have been it's almost as if they dressed him like this and they had footage from the last movie from stunts and stuff that they just didn't want to film again and could have used but didn't they just used the costume like if we put him in denim then no one will recognize the difference <laughs> except in his, like it's, except it's in odd. his this movements is the, and his acting. This is the exact costume down to the oh, yeah, wash. Yeah. And no other costumes of his are the same. So is this like supposed to signify a, an American ninja? So if we got a third actor to be the American ninja, he would wear this. Like if, if, if for like an American ninja like six, they're like, all right, Steve James, you're finally the American ninja. You can wear the denim. Well, maybe that's but, how uh, people acquire the power of the American ninja is through this <laughs> Canadian tuxedo. That's right. So, to, be an Amer- well, to be an American ninja, 
you have to wear a Canadian tuxedo. That's right. <sighs> so Sean catches some funny business of uh, Izumo, his master, being taken with a hearse, and he gets in a taxi to give chase, just uh, not telling anybody where he's going or anything. Yeah, he literally just and they... runs off by himself, completely ditches these people that, I mean, I guess they're his friends, but he met them yesterday, so how close can they right, be? Yeah. That's true. They get to some sort of like hotel shop place, and Sean sneakily follows in. He enters a room, and his master, Zumo, is in on a bed meditating, and he asks what he's doing there, but is attacked by some ninjas, and a battle ensues. While he's fighting, more ninjas take Izumo in this monotone, Sean, help me! <laughs> and this fight winds up finding itself on a building rooftop, and I love that Sean has these like white Nikes. Oh, yeah. Shockingly white Nikes. They're they're like Marty McFly, but the Nike symbol's blue, almost. Yeah. There there were a lot of times where I thought he was trying to dress like Marty. Like, like the jacket was the only difference. He's just missing the vest. It's close. After finding no one up top, he winds up following the ninjas to a harbor where Sean is jumped by more ninjas. And then they fall in the water, and we get an underwater ninja fight, which... Not exciting. Uh, yeah. And and not viable. He somehow knocks these guys out with like a punch <laughs> and stuff, but it's slow in the water. Yeah. Uh, There's no way that a person could punch someone else when you, both of you are entirely submerged in water for there to be enough force to make any kind of impact on the other person. There's, there isn't. Tried something new and <sighs> it didn't work. This whole fight sequence from him, from Sean finding his master to the underwater thing. I don't think I've ever been less engaged in watching ninjas fight. It was. It's wow. a lot of same, same, like how many ninjas are going to get tossed off that stairway? They don't film it or cut it in any interesting ways. I mean, there's, there's people obviously acrobatically fighting, but it's just sitting there. It's like, okay. Right. They're jumping around and kicking. And Sean and, doesn't look like he has any martial arts ability at all. This looks like. He looks like he's rehearsing. Right. It doesn't look like he's engaged in the fight. It's like, all right, let's let's do a run through real quick, slow guys, and then we'll hit this hard. I mean, he certainly is sweating, so <laughs> he's got that. So it, it looks like he's making an effort that in that way, but in any other way, as far as contact or movement, doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. Sean runs to return to his friends. A ninja watches him from afar, and he's out of breath and tells Jackson about his master. And then he comes out of the closet by saying he's a ninja. <laughs> a ninja closet. Well, and then... Like, like, it was like, guys, I got something I need to tell you. He's like, I'm a ninja. And then, like, Steve James is like, you're a ninja? That explains some things. What? Right? What the fuck does that explain? You haven't, seen- you haven't seen anything. You watched him in a tournament and where well, he did karate. Right. And then he ran off for like an hour. <laughs> yeah. Well, that explains why and he, he disappeared. He, did, for he an didn't hour? throw like a little pill that went to smoke and he disappeared and just came back. He he ran to a taxi, got in it. All he knows about <laughs> Sean is that he's on the cover of this martial arts karate magazine. Right. magazine. Karate, Kar- not ninjutsu, not shadows of the of the ninjas. Right. Not ninja stars, uh, a digest. Right. Karate. So you know he knows a martial art, but that's it. He doesn't, know, he doesn't know he knows ninjutsu or fucking anything. That's all he knows about him, literally. 
Sean gives him a little rundown and says he doesn't want them to get involved. Dexter is worried about the tournament, but Sean insists that this is more important. In Cobra's office, the ninja that was watching unmasked to reveal that it's Chan Lee. She tells him Sean has fallen for an Azumo doppelganger. The science guy, still don't know his name, and I'm not going to at all, even at the end. Spoiler alert, so he's science guy. He doesn't know about this, but Cobra has confidence in Chan Lee. So as Sean, Jackson, and Dexter walk back Rhodes home, they are confronted by a bunch of ninjas that reveal themselves and then go into hiding. So they all spread out, and Jackson says, can't believe I'm looking for ninjas. Thought I stopped doing this when I left Joe back in the army. There you go, folks. If you caught new any nerds were wondering where the fuck Joe went and why he's not mentioned, yeah. well, here he is. The actual American ninja is in the army doing something somewhere. Maybe. Having probably a more interesting adventure by checking people at the gate at the army base. Who knows? The ninjas begin popping out, and the fight begins. Shirts come off. Nunchucks slap people. Spears poke. Swords slice. Sean's trying to ask a ninja where Izumo is as he kills him. Like, where's Izumo? <laughs> Dead. Like, <laughs> I don't know if you've Dexter... ever interrogated someone, but they're less likely <laughs> to speak after they're dead, you knob. Dexter beats his guy with an oar and then shares that he saw the ninjas heading to a laboratory building. It's called East Bay Labs. Sean says they're being watched, and this is all too convenient. The way of the ninjutsu, playing mind games. They're being manipulated. By being attacked? Yeah, yeah. I don't know how they're being manipulated. <laughs> they didn't have to engage in the fight. But right. It's so ridiculous. They go down that alley, and those ninjas, they know that there are ninjas there. They saw them hide, okay? Now, Brandon, if I, if I see a bunch of people <laughs> run into an alley with weapons and hide, my <laughs> solution is not to go through the alley. My solution is find another way. <laughs> We're not taking the shortcut tonight. That's right. You just can't go around the pack of murderers in the alley. You tell me there's only one way to this lab, this specific alley? Bullshit movie. Bullshit. <laughs> Sean then goes to the embassy and is looking for the minister and talks to his secretary about Izumo. She says there's been nothing on him or any Japanese gentleman. He believes he's being held at East Bay Labs. She insists it's just a place making drugs that can cure people, but these drugs aren't allowed in the U.S. A guy comes in, it's the, you know, the minister, and he asks for the East Bay files, but she doesn't let Sean talk to him and quickly ends their meeting. On the beach, our trio of heroes is being watched by a ninja. Sean says he keeps getting the feeling that they're all around, and Curtis suggests he speaks to the local police. Sean says they need a more aggressive approach. Curtis says he'll go talk to them then. Curtis enters the police station and asks to speak with the captain. So none of you guys have ever seen this man. Perhaps he doesn't want to be found. People come to this island to get away from other people, from financial problems, to get married. Yeah, yeah. Captain, I think you're starting to jerk me around. What makes him more special than anyone else? Number one, my friend saw him kidnapped. And number two, we think he's being held in East Bay Labs. East Bay Labs is one of this community's strongest supporters. Their business is making drugs, not trouble. Well, Captain Baby, that's kind of a contradiction. Because if they're not looking for trouble, why all the high security over there, hmm? Protect their work from thieves and prying eyes. And, uh, 
I resemble that remark. And Curtis says the less straight answers he gets, the more curious he's going to be. The captain warns him they are guests of the island and not to abuse the privilege. Who said you were invited as guest? How does the captain know that they were invited as guest? Curtis never says, hey, we're in this tournament. I mean, the guy's obviously not from around there, but how the fuck does he know they're guests? They could be on vacation. Fuck that guy. So at the East Bay Labs, Cobra gives a demonstration. He discusses germ warfare, to which Andreas warns him to get on with the goods. Cobra says he wants three more days, and he'll have the greatest scientific achievement of mankind. Well, thank goodness they had this scene in there. I love how in American Ninja movies, discovering a chemical way to create ninjas is like the greatest thing (laughs) ever. Folks, in case you're unaware, the way of the ninja, it's not genetic, okay? It's a technique (laughs) that you learn. There's nothing mystical about it. It's just learning movement, fighting, and how to be sneaky, okay? That's what it is. It's, It's not bred in anyone. It's not fucking magic. It's just talents. And ability. That's all it fucking is. Afterwards, Andreas is growing impatient. Cobra says everyone else is content to wait, so he better be, or he can take away his power and position. Chan Lee tells Cobra that Sean is a ninja. She asks why Cobra wants to stop a cure for disease. Uh, on the beach, the three dudes see a little gas-powered hang glider thing fly by and decide to pay a visit to East Bay Labs. They wander to some property and have Dexter open a combination padlock, and they steal two gyrocopter hang glider things, and Curtis hotwires a truck parked near those things. Our heroes, everyone. <laughs> just, Grand just... Theft Auto, breaking and entering. St- Grand Theft motorized glider. Okay, here's here comes an interesting sequence. So Sean and Dexter <laughs> are on these hang gliders. They fly out. Curtis follows him in a tr- the truck that he stole. Dexter starts running out of gas and sees that his line has been blown, and he winds up restarting the propeller via the pull cord in midair and then lands on the back of Jackson's truck before the engine goes out again, and then the truck stops, and they are told to meet Sean and Izumo outside the lab. Like, why did this happen? Yeah, it doesn't add any... What? <laughs> Why did this like like are we supposed why to Why did we see this? Like like suspense or tension or something? I don't feel bad at all for that to happen. I have, it's to, like a, I have to give a shit about Dex. A, no one cares about Dex. Fuck that guy. Stunt like why didn't they just write that okay, Dexter and Curtis follow in truck, Sean flies out. That would have been fine. Absolutely fine. And also but like, like, I, during this scene, I also felt the whole point anyways was even if the gas line hadn't gone out, I think the point was for him to land on the back of it anyway. Like, why? Like, what? Sean says to Dex, hey, you can't land on that road. It's too bumpy. It's it's too rough. And then you, you see in the overhead shots, that road is totally fucking fine. It is flat. It is Yeah, long. why did he have to land on the truck? Yeah, it's much harder to land on a moving fucking truck than it is like and this is like you know when i say truck i don't mean like a semi this is a fucking like a truck like a little flatbed like that thing exactly is too big to fit on it one so it barely fits on it right so imagine that but it's moving what do you think's a better option land on the fucking ground that's smooth (laughs) in a straight shot or a moving 
fucking truck. Like, did they plan like, on taking the, he the glider back to the place they stole yeah, it from? Yeah, this was like, they just stole, I don't think they need to take it back. At least if the person they stole it from was clear that they were like in cahoots with the bad guys, that would have been something. But no, what happened was they saw this glider on a fucking beach and then they said hey we should use those and that's what they did they found where the guy was we don't know how they did it but apparently they just fucking did and they stole his stuff god damn it like i said why did this happen like you pointed out why didn't curtis pull over and then he land the glider and then get in the car like none of this makes it's baffling. Did they shoot this first before they even shot? Was this from another movie? And they're like, we have to fucking use this. Let's write something. Because they're all wearing unidentifiable stuff. Right. I don't know the story behind all this. But this could have been from a different movie and they forced it in here. I don't know. <laughs> I, I wouldn't be surprised at this point. The white truck is easy to clone. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Mm-hmm. You just don't show the back of it. It's I don't... Oh, my God. You just show close-ups well, I guess we of, do see Curtis. Right, you just show close-ups of him, but, you know, as far as who's in the gliders, who's to say? Oh, my God. I shouldn't be asking during a big stunt like this, why am I watching? Like, why is this happening? <laughs> right. Why is this going on? And, and then it's like that way for almost every action scene. Like, what was the point of this? It's, it's, what was the point? Like, you know how in the a previous episode, uh, Wacko, where we talked about it's a comedy, but the jokes suck. This is an action movie, but the action scenes suck. It's literally the only fucking <laughs> thing you have to do right, and they don't fucking do it right ever. The I, times when the action is the best is when Curtis Jackson is fighting. If he was the lead in this movie, I would actually be all over. Like, yeah, he's making, like, wise-ass comments. He's using swords and fighting ninjas. Like, that sounds fucking great. Instead, we get fucking off-brand Dudikoff. They did so good last time. Yeah, they figured it they out last time. It. And then they forgot? <laughs> Just... Like, not only did they reverse the quality, they went below the quality of the first American Ninja. I almost feel like they wanted to do the story of the second one again in a different way. Yeah, it, it absolutely is, because it's a mad scientist that somehow thinks that genetically they can do stuff with ninjas to benefit them. The key to world domination is super ninjas. It's a theme of two and three. And if you would have called it <laughs> American Ninja 3 Super Ninjas, I'm fucking in. You messed up, Cannon. It's now nighttime, and Sean quietly floats over East Bay, (laughs) and he lands on the roof? He lands on the roof of the lab. He is in a motorized glider. (laughs) No one fucking- We turn the engine off, so he just glides. Okay, fine. I'll give him that. I'll give him that. Okay, fine. We'll be generous and give them that. But here's the thing. (laughs) There are guards on the top of this roof, and they clearly- or in the eyeline of where this fucking glider is. So you're telling me they don't... Okay, they can't hear it, fine. But they can't fucking see it. And they certainly couldn't hear (laughs) when the fucking glider landed. (laughs) Bullshit. So he takes out a watch guard ninja and then heads down. Curtis and Dexter pull up and walk a little closer. 
just wait till you see what these guys have to, to go through and endure here. Sean sees through the big window on the roof, and there's some sort of ninja show practice pep rally going on with Chan <laughs> Lee observing in a point of power. She backflips onto the floor and then begins taking on a bunch of ninjas in the center of the floor. Sean enters the building and begins taking on ninjas himself in a more stealthy, quiet approach. However, more and more ninjas just start coming out of the woodwork and it becomes a, a bigger battle. Uh, they wind up being too much for Sean and they net him and tase him. This really does feel like they just didn't know what to do, so they just said, add more ninjas. Yep. I mean, it starts out like, oh, he's going to sneak around through the... No, everybody knows he's there. <laughs> well, of course they do. They saw him land on the fucking roof. That's true. Sean awakes on a pleather couch in the office of the Cobra, who's smoking a cigar. Tells Sean the tournament was a scam. Sean asks him about Azumo. Is that why you have my mastery, Azumo? Yes, I guess you might say that. So he's here. <laughs> Let's just say that really doesn't count right now. Because what's important is your usefulness to me. Proving the power and the effectiveness of my new disease. <laughs> Just, all right. He only says that because this movie is fucking trying to keep something from the audience. Mm-hmm. It makes no sense that he wouldn't tell him about this at this point. He's only saying it like that and weird because the movie doesn't want the audience to know about something that's going to be used later. Right. It's, it's not like you have to keep any an- secrets from this guy at this point. It's a fucking weird line. You're like, huh, when you hear it. But Sean's okay with it. A couple ninjas enter and take Sean to a cell. Outside, Curtis and Dexter await. Well, no news is good news. (laughs) So they decide to wait some more. Sean meditates in his cell, and then Chan Lee comes to see him. She says she needs some answers and warns him his life is in danger and wants to know who else knows of Izumo. She claims she is there to help him, and he tells her his friends, the police, and the minister's secretary all know about Azumo. She says none of those people are involved. She's going to go find out what's going on. So then the minister's secretary visits the Cobra. She says the minister doubts his sincerity. They're wanting to know the exact nature of the work he's doing there. She says they've discovered Andreas is a former terrorist, and he offers some fluff kind of promotion thing to her and flatters her, sending her off to tell the minister everything's fine. The scientist guy, yep, still scientist guy. You'll always be scientist guy to me. Comes to him concerned. She knows. Damn, I warned you. She's excessively ambitious. Well, my dear boy, we'll just have to do what we have to do. Relieve her of that unfortunate ailment. I'll see to it myself. Whatever the fuck is <laughs> that? Yeah, As exactly. Leave, that, that's not even like a cool bad guy line. He's putting diseases in people in this movie, and I'm like, what, did he give her something? <laughs> did he, like, accidentally, was, like, the paper she held have something on it? No. Nope. It's just his, like, I'm a badass line. <laughs> yes. Like, Acton, the badass. Yes. Whatever. As she leaves, Curtis and Dexter see her and wonder what she's doing there. And the secretary, as she's leaving, notice she's being followed by the scientist guy and a ninja in the front seat of his car. <laughs> I, the innocuous I lost ninja. It. He's just, like, sitting in the front seat, just wet. Like, are these, should they not 
like ninja should be in the trunk, right? Or like hiding in the back seat, not popped up straight up, like sitting straight up, or maybe not in the car, leaning forward. Maybe not dressed blue ninja suit. Right, right. Maybe not dressed head to toe in a ninja suit. Where literally anything else, it would be more inconspicuous. What good is a ninja sitting in the car for a car chase? Like what? Like, is he there in case we have to stop and take to a foot chase? The ninja like is a, on a, retainer. That's why he's there, just in case. Right. They start ramming her car as this chase goes on, and she winds up forcing them into a collision, and their car blows up, not before they can't escape first, though. And as she looks back, we see the secretary tear off her face and remove her hair to reveal that it was Chan Lee. <laughs> My notes on this say, why? Why did that happen? <laughs> why do I care? Sean is being chained and forced to a chair in the chemistry lab auditorium by ninjas. Cobra tells Sean he's just doing some experiments. Andreas shows up and approves of using Sean for whatever they're using him for. And Curtis and Dexter still wait outside, which Curtis ensures just to give Sean a little more time as Dexter becomes impatient. <laughs> Chan appears and lets them know that time is running out to help Sean. She offers help. She says the Cobra will kill Sean and her ninja are no longer loyal to her. And then Curtis says, Now we got ninjas. <sighs> Not the dumbest line in the movie. <laughs> Surprisingly. No. So Curtis and Dex, we'd say that they're they're main characters. We can, we, we can agree to that, I'd say, right? Sure. They spend a yes. huge chunk, I should say huge, but a significant piece of this movie waiting. And it just keeps cutting. What I, was the plan? Yeah. What was? Yeah. I mean, Were I, they just the ride? <laughs> You're going to limit Curtis to just hanging outside to drive off? <laughs> yeah. This guy that is shown significantly more fighting prowess than our other main characters in this movie. You go ahead and you drive the car. Fuck you, movie. Cobra injects Sean with a virus. He then orders ninjas to take him to the ship. Curtis, Dexter, and Chan get in the truck and head to the docks. They arrive just as Sean is. Perfect timing, right? Mm -hmm. It says, no slip-ups. Cobra is not the forgiving type. She approaches like normal as the two, Dexter and Curtis, sneak behind her. They take out all the guarding ninjas. As they get on the boat, more ninjas start jumping out. After many fights... (sighs) The more ninjas that keep getting piled on, I just think... I know the movie's called American Ninja 3, but that's enough fucking ninjas. American Ninja 3000 ninjas. Oh, my God. After many fights, they get to Sean. He's on a zebra-patterned couch in a place which I'm sure is not a boat. Yeah. But Andreas holds them up with a machine gun, and then Sean slowly arises and kicks the gun out of his hand and shoots the shit out of him, having flashbacks to his dad, which this feels super anticlimactic, right? Yeah. This is the ultimate revenge for Sean, and I don't even know if he realizes who he just killed. Yeah. Like, I don't think he does. He's just like, oh, you know, fucker. And it's not even played cinematically well. It's just kind of like, well, he shot a guy. Like, I think Random Ninja 5 had a better (laughs) takedown, and he just got tossed in water or something, you know? Yeah. This is just another notch on his belt, really. This guy should have got his head cut off or something. Stand out. He just got shot down by the American Ninja. The American Ninja is shooting the shit out of people. Right. The Ninja, who's supposed to have these amazing abilities, is like, ah, just shoot him. (laughs) Great, thanks. 
Later on, scientist guy will have a better death than this dude. Yeah. Scientist guy. Yeah. Scientist guy. So Sean falls over. He's weak. Chan does some sort of hand motion thing to him, and he's cured, and he goes, Izumo Jitsu? <laughs> and she admits that she was disguised as Izumo and that she thought she was doing the right thing and didn't know Cobra and company were evil. Bullshit. <laughs> Yeah. Bullshit. You didn't know he was evil. You didn't suspect anything when there there are all these people standing around inside his lab covered in decaying skin. You didn't think, hey, maybe they're not on the level. The guy has the police in his pocket. The guy is called... Other people... the, The guy is called Cobra, and you still thought it was okay to work with him? Best bud General Andreas, known terrorist... Only, Good people. What? The only Cobra you can trust is Marion Cobretti, and he is nowhere in this movie. I mean, I get like, hey, I was bad. They went too far. I'm switching sides. Yeah, but okay. But you can't, you can't feign. You can't plead ignorance. Yeah, exactly. No. Yeah. So that night at East Bay, the secretary shows up with Jackson as her driver. Dexter wonders how Chan can make such perfect disguises, and then Sean explains it's some sort of Itsu thing. How can she make herself into different people so perfectly? Disguise and illusion, Hensujitsu. Hensujitsu? Yes, the ancient art of impersonation. The Kunoichi, female ninja, they're masters at it. I don't know if that was supposed to be a humorous touch or exposition. That's pretty bad. It didn't work either way. Yeah, that's bad if you can't tell the difference between a joke and exposition. You should be able to tell what they're going for. All part of the blood hunt. Inside, the secretary beats up some guards. Jackson's still outside. The- this is like movie is like Jackson waits at the car. <laughs> that's what this movie. Yeah, I want to see the so, the alternate cut. Steve James is like, what? so what do I do? Oh, I wait at the car again, but I'm oh costume change. Wait at car. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, by the way, the black guy is the driver. Really, movie? That's really? You think that's a good idea? Come on. It's 1989. Sean tells Dexter that if they don't get the vaccine in time, they have to kill him before he loses it. And Curtis pulls the car around and they get in. Secretary keeps making her way through the lab, fighting ninjas along the way. The trio of heroes pulls up and begins taking on ninjas. Jackson has a machine gun mowing them down. As he approaches, an alarm goes off inside as the secretary, Chan, enters the lab. The scientist guy notifies Cobra that Americans have escaped and Andreas is dead and Chan has helped in all this. Cobra tells him to alert the ninja. I think we're having company and tells him to turn off the sirens. As secretary Chan makes off with the vaccine, she's confronted by Cobra. He lets her know that she is Chan Lee. He takes off her mask. He tells her to do what she has to do. And then the scientist guy shows up and like shoots her dead. (laughs) Yeah, and that's it. Ruthless. She's dead. That's it. She's done. Yep. That's the end of her. No, they don't uh, find her and mourn over her or anything. She's just fucking dead. <laughs> and we don't see her the rest of the movie. Uh, That's it. They don't come no. across her body. They don't think, hey, we, we're going through this whole fight. Where's our friend? No, nothing. Well, I think I think Sean is in her presence at one point, but he treats her as he would any other random ninja showing up in a fight scene. Yeah. That's about his reaction. Exactly. He doesn't react to this person that has, has freed him, has helped him, is part of whatever whack-ass plan they've cooked up. Nothing. 
he might as well be looking at a, a Starbucks menu. Outside, Sean and Dexter are confronted by ninjas. In another part of the lab, Jackson gets out his big swords. You remember those? Yeah. And fights four ninjas at once. On the last ninja, he sticks him with a sword and then yells, die, at him, and the guy falls over. <laughs> I'll tell you what, during these scenes, I was like, wait, have I seen, I've like, I've seen this movie before, but I felt like they could have been in the second one. The whole laboratory setting and Jackson's fight scenes feel like an almost exact repeat of the last movie. Yeah, he, I'm almost certain that he yelled die or yelled something like that. No, he said like, lay down that, yeah, get down. You're right. That's what it was. After he beat the shit out of him, he just like yelled at someone just to give up, like you said, and that was it. And he did it again. And also, here, here's a fun fact for you folks. Curtis Jackson uses these blades on all these ninjas, kills them all with these blades, not a drop of blood. In fact, there's one point... It's rated R, too. Yeah, and, and in fact, at one point, he kills one of the ninjas, he slices them in the gut. And I mean slice, not stick. He slices across his midsection, okay? And the ninja is just holding the sword in place. Huh. <sighs> God. And they have this concourse area in the lab scenes that they try to make look like six different places, but it's clearly the same area. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a junior high somewhere. Sean and Dexter run into some bow and arrow ninjas, and they're shooting them, and Sean catches two of the arrows and flings them back at the ninjas, but... Not in time because one arrow got off and hit Dexter and killed him. Now, this is a part where, well, first of all, I'm, I'm happy that Dex is dead. And Sean has the reaction of nothing, like nothing happened. He doesn't, he doesn't grieve this guy he's gotten to know. It's just that he's dead and it's time to move on. Not a fucking word is mentioned that he's dead the rest of the movie. <laughs> There's no grieving. It's just another thing that happens. As if he didn't even need to be in the movie. It's like, oh, shit, we lost Dexter. Yeah. And And also, if I remember correctly, the second one had a scene where the American Ninja caught arrows and threw them back, and it was fucking badass. And this one, I laughed. (laughs) Like, I stopped the movie. I laughed for about a minute because it's just, it was just so... Well, there's multiple parts. I haven't mentioned, there's multiple parts in fight scenes where they have David Bradley grabbing something thrown at him and throwing it back. Yeah. And this is this was one of the more notable ones, but it had happened like five times up to this point. It's hard to convince that someone could throw an arrow hard enough to not just pierce the skin, but murder someone. And at, th- at this point, David Bradley has done nothing good with martial arts. Nothing convincing, nothing interesting. Anytime he's fighting, you could fast forward through it and you'd feel exactly He might the same. look like he's in more action mode. Yeah, it might be more interesting, actually. Sometimes when filming martial arts scenes in movies, they'll, they'll shoot at a faster speed. It doesn't look like fast forward. It just makes it look a little more intense. They did not do that here. <laughs> yeah, they, they seem to go the opposite direction. When, when Michael Dudikoff did it in the second one, it was silly, but it was still like badass and over the top. This time, it's comical because he sucks yeah. so hard. Sean sees Dexter dead and he says, all right, Cobra, your turn to die. And 
Like man, he cannot deliver anything. Yeah. Not that he's giving given gold to say, but he can't even polish it. Yeah, even when he's given like, okay, this is your opportunity to say something clever or awesome. It's just it's your turn to die. Okay, fine. I I thought he was gonna say now it's personal, but he can't say that because he barely knows Dex, and it's not personal because his reaction is just him saying now it's your turn to die. His reaction is a threat to someone that isn't there. There's a dark part of the lab, and Jackson catches the scientist guy running off of the box of the antidote. He takes the antidote from him and allows him to escape, but the guy waits and then pulls a gun on and shoots at Curtis. A light blinds him in the arena, but then Jackson shows up behind him and punches him a bunch and then snaps his neck. This is what the final bad guy's death should have been. This is the best bad guy death of our main ones, Mm -hmm. and he's the weakest of all of them. Yeah, he's just some wiener that eats it in the last few minutes of the movie instead of this big climactic thing with the final bad guy. Police begin showing up outside and ninjas like are <laughs> scattering out from East Bay yeah. Labs. So it's police versus ninjas. By the way, yes. if that was a movie, more interesting than this one. Yes. Well, then the minister shows up to oversee this whole thing. He's like, it's outlooks. He's like, all right. Well, yeah, and now it's like, wait, the minister is the good guy now? Like, no, you're, you're the bad guy. You're, you're supposed to have bad things happen to you too. But guess what? They don't. It's never revealed that he's connected to these people at all, that he has ulterior motives. He just decides to take all the police there and start fighting ninjas. Sean, dressed as a ninja now for some reason, enters the chemistry room. (laughs) We never see him change his clothes at all. He's just dressed as a ninja now. He enters the chemistry room and finds Chan's body to no reaction. He appears a little woozy as Cobra enters with a suitcase. Sean says... Is that why you have my mastery, Zuma? Yes, I guess you might say that. So he's here. <laughs> Let's just say that really doesn't count right now. Because what's important is your usefulness to me. Proving the power and the effectiveness of my new disease. Sean falls to the ground. He then takes off his shirt. And Cobra opens his safe. And Sean hears Azumo say, mind and soul over your body. As he slowly charges himself, his veins start popping out, and he's glowing all bright. And he makes that same hand symbol that Chan did back on the boat. The other American Ninja movies have had this thread that ninjas are magic. And up to this point, that really hasn't been happening too much. But this, he just somehow uses ninja magic to defeat the virus that was in him yes the main bad guy's goal is to get this guy that's supposed to be superhuman strong get him this virus kill him off to prove that it'll kill anybody and somehow ninja magic (laughs) reverses virus no what was cobra's plan that was it cobra's plan was to infect a ninja and then uh-huh. show other bad guys of other countries or whatever that, hey, I've made the super virus that can kill even ninjas and sell it off. Because he's got these super ninjas. Is he trying to show that his super ninjas can beat the best? I thought that was part of it. And that's why he gave him that virus was to weaken him so his no. super ninjas would beat the shit out no. of the best. If there are super ninjas in this movie, Brandon, I miss them. <laughs> well, no, because let me get to it here. Sean charges himself. 
and Cobra sees him, and then he hits a button, and a bunch of red ninjas that look like they were on display from earlier, they like come to action what, what, and fight. What? Sean fights them all, so I'm like, oh, are those his super ninjas? And then he was going to show all these guys, hey, this is the best guy. My super ninjas can beat him. I thought he didn't have confidence in his super ninjas, so he cheated. No, okay, here's what I believe has happened. I'm not confident in my assessment. Just <laughs> Okay, yeah, yeah. Earlier we said that in the lab there are just people standing around. They're mostly naked. They've like underwear on. That's all they're wearing. And they've got what looks like scabs all over their bodies. They've got leprosy. All right. They're just standing around. And it appears that Cobra turns off the lights, turns them back on, and then ninjas are just where those bodies used to be. I don't think those yeah. are supposed to be the same people. I think that oh. somehow these ninjas fucking magically appeared and were able to get rid of the body that was standing there. I think. Well, these, these ninjas are so good, Sean fights them all, and Cobra begins tossing like vials everywhere, and the place is fogging up with spilled chemicals, and then Sean punches Cobra's lights out as he falls over on his chemistry things. Jackson shows up and gives Sean the antidote, but he says he doesn't need it. And I thought he tossed it away, but he still got that suitcase. And he says, you know what I I went through to get this for you? And Cobra rises up for a final attack, but Sean kicks the shit out of him and he falls on a bunch of chemicals. He's not dead. He just... (laughs) Falls. Just falls on the chemicals. We don't know if it hurts him or not. He just falls on them. Like, I, right. and sh- we assume they do. Sean and Jackson then walk in slow-mo out the building as Jackson asks... Now look, if we're going to remain friends, can't we fight other kind of bad guys like robbers, thieves, and muggers? I mean, does it have to be ninjas? You know how long I've been fighting ninjas? It's been a long time, pal. As he throws the antidote case behind him, it freeze frames, and we get the title... And then we cut to outside with the police busting ninjas with some credits for a minute. We get that shot of the minister again. Yeah. And then it goes to black screen with scrolling credits. I'm like, <laughs> I thought stuff was going to happen during the credits. Because yeah. otherwise. And it was just like a, a replay of moments earlier. Right. Because otherwise, why do they cut back to the police versus ninjas? Why? Why did that I, happen? i tell you what, Colin. I'm not even sure Sean realizes he just got full-on revenge for his father's death. Yeah. Does he even know? Because it's years later. Andreas looks a lot different than he did in the beginning, and he never saw Cobra or knew of Cobra. Yeah. The guys who orchestrated the robbery of the high school kickboxing tournament (laughs) to fund an island, he never knew of that. He didn't know where the money was going to. Yeah. He didn't have it out. He never even said Andreas by name or said, that's the guy that killed my father. He was randomly at this tournament. He went to their island on accident. These guys didn't know who his father was. Yeah. They have no idea. Yeah. Why is that shit even tied? <sighs> Why did we have the opening scene? If we would have just started the movie with Sean going to a tournament and there's a mad scientist guy that's trying to make ninjas sick going on, I would have been fine. Right. It makes the same amount of sense. <sighs> If you would have just lobbed off that bullshit at the beginning of the movie, that's when you could have had Dudikoff in this movie instead. It would have been... I don't even know if he could have made... Well, he could have made the fight scenes better, at least. And he's, like, <laughs> believe it or not, better at acting <laughs> than this schmuck. Start with a, a cutesy little scene of Sean and his master when his master's like, Well, Sean, you have graduated to become a ninja, and you're also American, making you the American ninja. Yeah, you're right. They could have just picked it up at that point. And that would have been fine, too. 
Instead, they they, they yeah. chose to make every move incorrectly. It's almost fucking impressive. And, and at the end, when Curtis just throws the antidote behind him in slow motion and just smacks the ground, that's just kind of how the movie felt. This whole thing just wasn't necessary at all. Yeah. It's like, well, why the fuck yeah. did I watch you? Now comes the part of the episode where we rate the movie we just watched. As we are a cult cinema cavalcade, we keep things nice and culty. Our ratings are as follows. Stay with your family, which means eh, let's not go to the island for that tournament. Let's stay right at home and do our ninja stuff here. Converted, which means you're willing to wait outside the facility for this movie for a little bit. You know, wait till the time's right. You're good. Or drink of the Kool-Aid, which means you want to get involved with all this shenanigans at a tournament in East Bay Labs for some reason. So, Colin, how do you rate American Ninja 3 Blood Hunt? The fight scenes are boring. The main villain's plan is ass. I feel like I just watched someone's vacation video. And our main characters are thieves. They just stole people's property so they could take down bad guys. Our main character can't fucking act, and he can't do martial arts. Those are the only two fucking things he has to do in this movie. Act and be a martial artist, and he can't do any of it. I didn't care for this movie, Brandon. (laughs) So I say I stay with my family. Hard. How do you rate this thing called American Ninja 3 Blood Hunt? This movie is a carnival of errors. It's amazing how entertaining our discussion is about it and how funny it sounds with all the mishaps and one might think oh gosh i gotta see this does not resonate that way when you're watching it (laughs) at all this is bad i bet this made you pine for american ninja one cullen and you hated that movie yes you're right this is a (laughs) this is two steps back this is three steps back you were like pump the brakes i may have been a little too hard on the first one (laughs) like because it got worse I was just waiting for a bike to jump over a cement wall. That was great. That was fucking Citizen Kane compared to this. This movie is bullshit. No one's interested. They almost have remade the second one poorly. I felt if you watched 10 years ago, you had an American Ninja marathon and watched them all. I wouldn't be surprised if you mixed up shit from the second and third one. I really wouldn't because there's a bunch of sets that look exactly alike. David Bradley is utterly forgettable. Maybe they last minute had to put someone in the movie, and they damn sure did. Well, they had three, Curtis Jackson should have been the main character. They had three other people turn down the lead role in this movie. The Gortner guy, gosh, is he a kiss of death to something? Oh, it's got that guy from Star Crush. Oh, this is going to be good. Well, Star Crush is funny, bad. This is... This is bad, bad. I mean, it it makes no fucking sense. It feels three different people wrote this movie and wanted different things, and I don't get the chemical super ninja. No, there was no super ninja. It was like, I'm trying to kill ninjas. I don't. That stuff just feels, like I said, does our character even know he got revenge for his father's death? Why is that a little bit of tied in? Like, no, stay with my family easily. This is the worst American ninja movie. I think the next one's a step up noticeably. Dudikoff comes back. It has the same director as this one, but it's the joining of David Bradley and Michael Dudikoff in a, an American Ninja movie. It's got both of them. But I never thought I would say, please bring back Michael Dudikoff. 
But here we are. It makes a difference. It makes a difference. <laughs> but no Steve James. He's done. This is it. This is fucking swan song. Cullen, what was the blood hunt? <laughs> I guess it was the hunt for the ultimate ninja to get their blood to poison it with a virus, I guess. <laughs> And that tournament they were so excited to be a part of was a minute 30 at the beginning right. of the movie. They never had to worry about handling both so no one knew they were, what they were investigating. They just fucking dumped the tournament. Yeah. Steve James never fought in it. Are all these other people from around the world, did they come to this tournament and then once it's realized, oh, well, Sean, he's the guy we want, did they keep going on with the tournament? Or, or, or were they all in on it? Did Chan Lee quit emceeing it to go do investigative disguise work? And, and okay, there's a lot to unpack with her. Where did she get these fucking masks that look exactly like the secretary and Sean's master? How the fuck did that happen in 1989? And, and, it's, it's, and the only reason, dude, the only reason that whole secretary scene where David Bradley goes there to talk is just to introduce that secretary so they can use her as a decoy later. Mm-hmm. It's the only reason that scene exists. Yeah. God. And even when they show that car chase with her, that car chase has an exploding car in it. And you know, one of my hallmarks for enjoying a movie is if a car blows the hell up. Even that didn't save it. Even the car explosion was uninteresting. I mean, this movie is dumb as hell has this wacky ninja plot and junky action, and I can't even lightly say yeah. converted. I'm clearly, clearly staying at home, which every descriptor of this movie would be almost drinking the Kool-Aid for yeah, us. Th- it's so bizarre that I'm just like, no. <laughs> there's there's ninja action, exploding cars, and crotch trauma. Ridiculous plot, ridiculous <laughs> plot, stupid lines, bad acting. And I can't, I'm just like, no, I did not. I'll tell you what, I enjoyed the fuck out of watching this after Wacko, (sighs) but. You know what? That's because Uh, it's following Wacko. You know, man, I I enjoyed Wacko more than this movie. I absolutely did. Nay, nay, I'm not, I mean, this is a battle of of like wet turd or solid log, but (laughs) I, this movie moved by fast for me at least. It, It, It moved. Wacko felt like an eternity to get to the goddamn end. All right. With Wacko, we've well established the jokes in that thing. Not great. But I could think of, I'll say, I'll be generous and say five instances where a, a joke made me laugh or respond. I didn't like any of the action scenes in this movie. I could I could <laughs> tolerate it when, when Curtis Jackson was swinging swords around. I could tolerate it then. But again, tolerate not enjoy, not appreciate, tolerate. I'll say Steve James' presence, though completely wasted in this movie, was enough for me to enjoy it more than Wacko. I did. Wacko was the pits for me. This was, well, got through he it. He lit up the screen when he waited for someone else. Exactly. Exactly. I got through this, and I was like, all right, did it. Wacko, I just, oh, my God. Yeah, I, I, I got to, I, I. If I had to watch another one, I would sit through this. Oh, I, 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 I'm still distancing myself from Wacko. I'd rather watch Joe Don Baker lurch around on the screen and struggle to breathe as he runs <laughs> than watch any of this movie. 
Man, that's crazy. Because Wacko was the pits. This one, I don't know. I uh, I could at least have an energetic discussion on this. Alert the ninja. I think we'll be having company. Right. And don't screw it up this time. And shut off those sirens. Yes, sir. On the next episode of Cult Cinema Cavalcade, we'll be back next week because it's Friday the 13th. And as always, we'll be joined by our good friend James Oster from JoeBolo.com. As you remember, we'll be discussing Friday the 13th Part 3 in 3D. And joining us for that episode, we are very excited to have Shelley himself. Larry Zerner will be popping on to talk about his work on the movie and everything we tend to throw at our guests for those Friday the 13th movies. So looking very forward to a very, very special Friday the 13th episode. So that's next Friday. Friday the 13th. Hard to forget, huh? As always, we appreciate your support via your ears and your shares and hope you feel we are doing our part in providing your enjoyment for the show. So let us know. We've we've got avenues. You want to talk about what we thought on joysticks on our YouTube page comments? Go for it. That's fine. It's kind of the wrong place for it, but we'll take it. We'll get around to reading it. Don't worry. That's great. We look forward to next time, but first, stay tuned for the trailer to... Friday the 13th, part three, in 3D, the trailer that actually trails. Weekends are a good time to escape to the woods. Unless the weekend begins with Friday the 13th. Because 13 is an unlucky number. But out here, so are one through 12. Because these are Jason's woods. And nobody leaves them alive. Friday the 13th, part three in 3D. Jason, you can't fight him. You can't stop him. And now, you can't even keep him on the screen. Friday, the 13th, part three in 3D. Now, when it comes to killing in Jason's woods, Jason will come to you. Friday, the 13th, part three, in 3D. A new dimension in terror. It will scare you. Count on it. listening to Cult Cinema Cavalcade, part of the Creative Zombie Studios Network. For press opportunities, 
advertising opportunities, and more information on Cult Cinema Cavalcade, contact mail at cultcinemacavalcade.com. Produced by Brad Shoemaker. Edited by Brandon Peters. Narration by Rebecca Peters. Theme song Pink Baby by Happy Elf appears courtesy of the freemusicarchive.org network. The film and music featured in this episode are part of their respective studios and no infringement is intended. Join us again in two weeks for a new episode of Cult Cinema Cavalcade. Okay, Curtis, what now? We wait, Junior. Okay, Curtis, what now? We wait, Junior. Okay, Curtis, what now? We wait, Junior. Okay. He must have gotten okay by now. Maybe. Let's just hope he found a sumo. So, shall we go?